Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon, and with me as always, former college and NFL QB, founder of the Sims Complete QB, and also host of Sims Complete, that being Matt Sims. Today, we're going to be talking about the top players that have already declared in the transfer portal this year. There are a lot of huge names that are either being thrown out there that are rumored to enter the portal. We're not going to get to those guys because we don't know for sure what those situations are. We don't want to <laughs> jump to any conclusions because... As we know, Matt, anything can happen. But we've got four or five guys that we think that are going to be really impactful for the landscape of college football for the 2024 season. Matt, before we start, I just want to talk about this. We were just having this, this loose discussion about how the portal really does open up significant opportunities for these guys. And we, we kind of talked about this last year, and I think it's always interesting to start the cycle with this conversation that in the past before the portal – a lot of times guys that were in bad offensive situations, maybe bad of offensive coordinator, or maybe there were guys uh, ahead of them in the depth chart and whatever situation it might have been that didn't get the shine. And maybe they could have gone on to the NFL because they were supremely talented. And here we are. It might be chaotic, but it does set up a lot of these players for next steps in their journey to take a huge step forward in their final or final seasons of college football. Yeah, it really is an interesting dynamic to college. And you, you mentioned, I think, a great point, too. It, it's just kind of fun to talk about. It's fun to kind of play that, you know, uh, Madden roster mode where you're saying, man, if so and so could play here, if we could get this player, you know, just how impactful it could be for for any organization, you know, to get good players. Uh, of course, there are negatives to it. You know, I still think that there is a, a, a degree of it that that takes away from great high school football players and them being developed properly. Uh, but a lot of positives to it. Hopefully the college world can somewhat clean it up and make it a little bit more organized, you know, for everybody that's involved, including the recruiters themselves. But, uh, you know, hey, man, let's get into it because this is interesting mm. as hell. And we got a lot of good players to talk about today. Yeah, we got a lot of strange dynamics going on with these guys yeah. shuffling in and out. And the first one I think fits that description perfectly. Will Howard, the Kansas state quarterback enters the portal. It's understandable, not because of a lack of performance, but by the fact that Avery Johnson was a true freshman this year, he was very dynamic. His impact as a runner showed up in a number of games and it's clear that they're trying to turn the page. Now, I don't know if maybe there was that conversation of, saying to Will Howard, the coaching staff saying, hey, we're going to move on and we're going to try to get Avery Johnson more of an opportunity. Right. Maybe Will Howard just wanted a clean, fresh start. He is somebody as a former four-star recruit, a player who has played in 32 games, thrown for 5,000, over 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns, has a lot of run under his belt. He has been impactful in Kansas State's recent success, especially last year when he stepped in halfway through and helped Kansas State win a Big 12 championship game. Physically, he's built like an NFL quarterback. A little yeah. bit more of a throwback, six foot five, 242, physical, physical guy. I'm curious, though, where he ends up because part of me wonders if, you know, is he physically really built for the modern college football game? Is he somebody that a creative offense is, is going to take a shot on? 
So he is the typical guy that I feel like is perfect as far as like what the Big Ten as a whole and that conference tries to accomplish, right? And, and they really are the one, I think, last conference that's still alive, that still values just like that old school under center, try to pound the football, win at the line of scrimmage, have strong quarterbacks that match our natural environment that we play in, which is typically cold and windy and just miserable football and allowing our quarterbacks to throw the football aggressively down the field and be great leaders. The great thing about Will Howard is just like what you mentioned, the dude has tremendous experience. He has been in games where he has been the sole reason why they were competitive and got back into games where they were behind um, his ability to push the football down the field, I think, is always a tremendous asset to any quarterback at any level. But, you know, what I really love about him, though, is just kind of like the subtle nuances that he brings to the game. Moves well in the pocket. He's very tough in the pocket. He's able to make great hand and arm throws when people are around him when the pocket is collapsed. You know, he is not your you know, dual threat that everyone gets so excited about. He's not the type of guy where you're saying, hey, like, let's let's let him run the ball 15 times a game here. But he brings a tremendous value to your football team and its toughness and its leadership and experience, especially if you are a new football team that's kind of trying to reestablish what you're doing offensively. A team that, you know, to me would be really interesting and see if they take a look at him is like a team like Louisville. Jeff Brom really good offense. They want to run the football. They don't mind getting under center and running the football. He has great experience as far as a pocket passer. And you can kind of see this year, Plummer's done well at times, but if they had maybe a little bit more of a traditional pocket passer in some of their big key games where they've struggled, Will Howard actually would probably fit into that offense really well because he does Mm. value a big, strong player like that at the quarterback position. Kind of reminds me a little bit of an Aiden O'Connell and that style of play that they want to establish. As soon as you said Louisville, I immediately thought of Aiden O'Connell and what he did at Purdue. And the guy was was super productive, and it was a perfect offense for him. We don't see Brom, him being more of a drop-back guy in his time when he played uh, as a professional quarterback and and in college football when he was at Louisville. Yeah. I, I think that makes a ton of sense. I, I really love the thought of that, that they're going to have to go and look for somebody and build off of this momentum. The success that they had this year was really promising, and I think that they could take that next step. I would argue that I think that Howard is a more gifted quarterback than Jack Plummer, so we could see uh, a step forward for this offense if he does end up there. You brought up the Big Ten, though. The two that really immediately popped in my head when you said that. Yeah. And we're, this is pure speculation, by the way. We're, I know that no, there I, are No, I love people, it, though. I can't wait right. to hear what you say. Yeah. Right. Uh, we don't have any sourcing on these, but I think that like <laughs> Nebraska, who's in the market for somebody, or yes. Michigan State. I, we look yes. at what Jonathan Smith is going to want to start fresh. He's going to want – and their quarterback just topped in the portal. They're going to want to look in a direction that is – uh, going to be consistent with with what they had at Oregon State and DJ Uyunglele, the last guy that he just had at Oregon State, not the same level of athlete, but big, strong quarterback that is going to fit in that physical style of offense. I, I think that either of those teams would work well if he ends up going to play in the Big Ten. Dude, love that you brought up Smith and Michigan State because I think that is like a, the exact identity of what I think Will Howard will be super comfortable and impressed with as far as an offensive philosophy, an offensive philosophy that fits his style. 
It's extremely uh, successful at Oregon State all of those years. It's not like Oregon State's been out recruiting people. They've been doing a great job of just teaching fundamental football, doing a great job between the trenches with the guys that they find in programs, in, in their programs, excuse me, and developing the proper way. And I feel like Will Howard would be that exact type of football player that would have that type of presence, just like DJ had this past year. You know, it, there's no secret when you can run the football well, when you're good at play action passing, the standard drop back pass stuff you know, comes a little bit more easy for every quarterback out there. And, and I think they they do a great job uh, of of really teaching their guys the nuances of the football game that allow them to be more, I guess, NFL type of quarterbacks in, you know, the, the basic terms, you know, from what we see of like great NFL teams, the classic NFL teams, you know, under center, all that kind of stuff. You know, I think he fits that that mold perfectly for them. Now there's rumors of other big name quarterbacks hopping in the portal. And once those guys do, we're going to definitely talk about those players. Yeah. But one guy who hit the portal that I actually thought was a little unexpected, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. They just announced that Bobby Petrino was going to be coming back. Now there's always that capability that KJ Jefferson does decide to return. Right. But I would have thought that he would have been perfect and really fun in Bobby Petrino's offense. Instead, KJ Jefferson, the six foot three, two hundred forty seven pound quarterback, with almost eight thousand passing yards under his belt, sixty seven <laughs> touchdowns, sixty five percent completion percentage, and also rushed for eighteen hundred yards in his career. Very yeah. productive passer, very physical, well built runner with his frame. He is somebody who I think stays in the SEC. He is somebody who has had an up and down career, and in his best year playing under Kendall Bryles, we saw what the ceiling is. We saw a guy that can be a high-level, impactful starter in the SEC enough to lead a team to a very competitive, maybe SEC championship conversation level. I think that KJ Jefferson does get some of these offers from some of these bigger programs. The two that make a lot of sense to me, Matt, is if he ends up at LSU, which is you know kind of spotty, if that is actually legitimate or not. But the right. Auburn capability would be amazing and we saw what Malik Willis did under Hugh Freeze at Liberty I think that KJ Jefferson steps in and can really help that Auburn offense flourish what do you think about Mississippi State would that be a potential landing spot for him like do you think that he would fit well with what they're going to potentially do you know because if you're thinking SEC like they, they kind of come to my mind too with Levy and what he wants to do offensively you know KJ he's a really good football player experienced football player again just like Will Howard like you mentioned you know Petrino, I was very impressed with what I saw in Texas A&M in this offense this year. That The offense you know, wasn't the issue. I feel like they did a good job of moving the football at times. And you could kind of see that no matter who the quarterback was, he was performing well. They were getting people open. They were explosive at times. And really the only times I feel like they struggled offensively is when they just kind of maybe got pushed around physically at the offensive line position because they, you know, were bringing up, you know, younger players that just need more experience and more time, you know, on task playing in the SEC. So I was very impressed with Petrino and what he did offensively. And I think mm -hmm. KJ, yeah, maybe jumped in the portal before all of these, you know, things kind of came, uh, came true, but. Wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if he went back to Arkansas, considering that his success rate with quarterbacks, the way that he's able to coach the position is very good. You know, say whatever you want about him off the field. Dude knows what he's talking about between the lines. And 
you know, KJ is going to be a fantastic prospect for a lot of football teams. I still want him, you know, to maybe get a little bit better game shape. I know that he's a big dude, but I do think that it'll help him if he just got in a little bit better football shape so he can be a little bit more dynamic that way. He's a phenomenal thrower. He is the reason why Arkansas played tough in so many games this year. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of offenses that I think would really excel with him at the quarterback position. But I would say, you know, for my opinion, I'd be shocked if he went to LSU. I don't mm. really see that marriage happening all that well. But Mississippi State, I'd be really interested in. Wouldn't be surprised either, like you mentioned, too, if he bounces back to Arkansas. Yeah, he is somebody who I really wonder if he's on a team with a better offensive line because Arkansas has coached offensive linemen well, but this past year they did not good, do a good job of protecting him and he got hit a right. lot. And I think that if he is in a situation where he's better protected, he could be a little bit more healthy. Definitely. Talk about the game shape. He is somebody, the ceiling is not as a draft prospect, isn't particularly like crazy high, but as an impactful starter for him to help bolster a team that's trying to make a championship run, he, he is somebody that I, I would really pay attention to. And I mean, heck, last year's quarterback grouping was was pretty sparse. If he was on the market last year, I think that he would have been uh, very, very highly sought after. Definitely. That might not be the case this year because there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of big names out there. No, there will. And that's why I think when you mentioned him bouncing back to Arkansas, that's a real possibility too. And I, I don't think that they would be upset with him either, you know, considering the fact that there was a lot of question marks surrounding the program here as we ended the season. But, you know, hey, it, we were saying things about Joe Burrow with like, you know, he'd be an interesting prospect. And then, you know, he he hit it. He got in an environment where the coaching, the players, everything around it kind of fit perfectly. And he hasn't looked back since. So mm. you never really know uh, until you allow that quarterback to be in an environment that really lets him, you know, kind of blossom into what he does really well. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. BetOnline has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in-game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at BetOnline. And again, make sure you use that promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Same thing for uh, Jaden Daniels too. Right. I, I wouldn't even have thought. I wouldn't even have considered that he'd he'd be in the first round conversation. He might even end up being a a top fifteen pick when it's when it's all said and done. So we've got right. two non quarterbacks, uh, Matt, that I want to hit on. Um, Deion Burks is a really fun one for me from Purdue. Five foot eleven, one hundred ninety five pounds. Has played in 30 games, 63 receptions, 804 yards, seven touchdowns, and then 12.8 yards per reception. Burks, mm. to me, uh, a little close to the heart here because I do – those who pay attention to the show know that Ryan and I work for RPM Data, which is a scouting agency. And I, I found Burks, despite him not having a lot of production, early on in the season, he had a number of huge games. He wasn't even a starter last year, and he steps into this role – um, and he was very, he blossomed. He is a, a fantastic, um, dynamic, deep threat type of a player. Very, very good feet, explodes in and out of his cuts. And I really think that if he goes to the right offense and a, a downfield attacking offense, I think that he could be a very, very impactful player. A number, a number of tweets that we've already seen out there referencing Burks and also talking to Ryan about this 
wish he was here to talk about this. <laughs> Apparently, some scouts uh, believe that if he declared for the draft, a lot of people thought he was going to, he would have been a top 100 pick because he is that dynamic of a player. But Burks here, man, I think he could be one of the most highly sought after receivers uh, amongst this whole grouping that maybe his name isn't being brought up enough just yet, but could end up getting a ton of offers because that receiver position is so highly coveted. Man, you're right. The receiver position really is, I think, going to be the most highly contested room in the country. Why? Because it's just, I feel like the easiest one to evaluate as far as like, can this dude get out of cuts? Does he catch the ball? Well done, you know, and that's really what you're looking at. And for him, he is unbelievable. I mean, this is a guy that I really didn't know much about. And then as you kind of pay attention to him more, you're just like, wow, this dude is super impressive. Really good at change of direction. Seems like he can play in multiple positions in any offense. Does a great job of hand of catching with his hands, but then also adjusting to the football, especially throw, throws down the field. And I think for me, like as evaluating receiver, you got to be a 10 out of a 10 with your hands. If you're an 8 out of a 10, like I don't want you on my roster. You need to be a 10. And this guy has it. He really does have that ability to catch and run and be physical. Even though being 5'11", you do see a lot of broken tackles in his highlights and a lot of the big plays that he has. He's running through arm tackles consistently. So he clearly has that speed-to-power type of running ability at the receiver position that you would like to see. And there's a lot of offenses that I feel like would really value him to especially add depth to that receiving core. This is a guy that I feel like, you know, Coach Prime over there in, in Colorado, Oof. getting getting him in that receiver room. You know, I know, I know we have issues on the offensive line, but adding depth to the receiver room and not having to rely so heavily on someone like Travis Hunter would be absolutely huge. You know, I, I'd even say like UCLA, go and get a Deion Burks. You know, get your young quarterback of the future a really talented receiver. You know, I'd even say for if I was Carson Beck, yeah, I would really appreciate, you know, a, a Deion Burks on my my receiving core for next year so that I can continue to grow at the position and be aggressive throwing the football down the field now that we're losing Brock Bowers as our, you know, number one weapon. So uh, there's going to be a lot of places for this dude, you know, to potentially fill in. The great thing is, though, as you added, he's got all the intangibles that you want at the position, and he would be a great two or three receiver to an already strong receiving core. I also think that another team, and uh, I know that we talk a lot of Notre Dame on this show for the fact that, you know, Love that covers Notre Dame and yeah. uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but uh, they're in the market for receivers. So possibly maybe him staying in state at an academic school in Indiana <laughs> could, uh, could make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Last guy who was one of the first players to put his name in the ring in the transfer portal and then immediately blew up uh thor griffith defensive tackle from harvard of all places six foot two 320 pounds 132 tackles th 33 and a half tackles for loss 13 and a half sacks in his career he is low to the ground he is wide he is physical this guy is so tough ryan loves th thor griffith like he has been in on this kid since early on in his career at harvard and he was somebody if he declared for the nfl draft this year would have been highly sought after. But now instead, he is going to get this opportunity to jump to the next level, to get a very, very big offer and play and be a key pivotal role uh, on a highly contested um, defensive line. I think the thing with with Griffith and what we're, we're kind of hearing and seeing, I was listening to um, the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast the other day, and he brought up a really good point that apparently a lot of coaches have been 
kind of saying that they want to add some some more Ivy League guys to uh, their locker rooms. You know, you bring in a guy who smart, good, uh, good personality, high character kid that's just going to show up, work every single day, will boost the team GPA. But Thor Griffith is somebody who <laughs> you bring to your roster, and he's just going to do everything right, and he really sets the tone early uh, because he's that type of player. Yeah, definitely. And hey, to to be an Ivy League football player, right? We all know that when you go play in Ivy League, that you're you're taking your education first and foremost, and rightfully so. When you have the opportunity to go to those universities, that is a you know a, a golden ticket to Wonka's paradise as far as education goes, because it, it really is truly special and that unique. I have a few quarterbacks that I've coached where when when offers from Harvard or Dartmouth and all them come from, I'm like, you know, hey, I know the other school is more football, but you definitely have to consider this school too. And, uh, and it's great. And you no doubt it helps the GPA, but these are guys too, that like they had to work at it. They had to put their hopes and dreams of playing high level football kind of slightly to the side. You know, it's like a one, a one B, you know, when you play Ivy league football. So we know that they're coming in committed, determined, and typically in these situations, I'm sure he's already going to be a Harvard graduate by the time he transfers. I don't think that he would leave before he actually uh, graduates because that would be really silly. Um, (laughs) But when you watch the dude's film, dude is unbelievable. The fact that he's 320 is crazy to me. He he looks like he almost looks like a running back the way that he's built. He do, like he you think he'd be a fullback. Yes, he looks like what I used to do when I played, you know, college football, you know, EA Sports and I would do running back 6'3", 250 and then like <laughs> muscles and size like and then speed Maxed just 100, <laughs> right? Max out, right? I mean, he really uh, does. He looks like a creative player out there. He really does. He holds his weight extremely well. The one thing that I really love when I see some of his plays his ability to extend blockers. So at times, it's like he literally is. Someone's blocking him. He can push them away, separate, hold them with one hand, and then just mm. chuck them for the tackle. You don't see that kind of control and manipulation of other grown individuals that often at any level. So I think there's going to be a lot of teams that have a very high interest. In him. I also read read in an article that seems like Michigan it seems to be one of his dream landing spots is that correct yeah so there's a there's a lot of offers for him on the table right now he actually has tweeted recently he's got an offer from cal minnesota umass ucla is one that would make a lot of sense boston college right uh louisville stanford but it has been said that he's really eager to get a michigan or an ohio state offer Uh, i believe that teams like notre dame and oklahoma are supposed to eventually be in the mix for him he he is going to get so many offers he's going to get a ton of offers because at the end of the day the transfer portal yeah for offensive and defensive linemen there is a they're a commodity you know they're mm-hmm. they're a rare commodity they are something that you're not going to come along often because there's just not that many physically built guys on the planet that are built like this and on top of it that many that are entering the portal on a yearly basis so there are going to be a ton of teams looking to build on that. I, I feel like he seems like, based on the fact that he said Michigan, that he is going to uh, focus on and hone in on academic schools. I mean, the guy's coming from Harvard, so it, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it definitely would. And and really, this this kind of goes back to the Will Howard discussion. 
he seems to kind of want to play a certain style or brand of football that he think matches his style, something that he can really get prepared for in the next level in his hopes of playing in the NFL. And a Michigan and Ohio State, you know, something of that nature in the Big Ten probably fits what he is trying to do. He's probably trying to be just that great, you know, two or three technique, be really good at stopping the run, and then try to be one of those guys that develops a good pass rush versus, you know, guards in one-on-one situations because he does have all those abilities. You know, the running game to me is really where he separates himself. Mm-hmm. I know he has a lot of sacks, but that's where I feel like he truly is going to be highly coveted by these coaches because especially in that conference – if you can separate yourself from a good, you know, double team with a guard and center or one-on-one with these really good guards in the Big Ten and create separation and, and get some disruption in the back, that's where I feel like this guy can be, you know, a total game changer. And especially for a Michigan who's, who's eight deep already, to add this guy to that depth chart and be like, hey, you know, our starter is great, but wait till you see this kid from Harvard – that that's where it's a it's a game changer for them again. Yeah, he is going to be uh, a freak in college football. He's going to end up at a very big time school, folks. Thank you for tuning in at Joe DeLeon at Sims Complete QB. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, and we will be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.